3: The President acted to protect the national security by issuing a new executive order uh, that addresses the Court's concerns, some of which merely involve clarifying the intent of the original executive order. After reviewing the facts and in thorough consultation with the Cabinet, the President has concluded these actions are necessary to protect the United States from those who, unfortunately, wish to do us harm. Uh, two areas that I want to highlight in the executive order. Uh, there will be a 90-day 90 90 day suspension of travel to the United States by nationals from Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, during which time the Department of, States and, Department of State and Homeland Security will conduct a review to determine how we can improve the screening process for foreign nationals seeking to enter the United States. These six countries have been previously identified by Congress through the Obama administration as presenting heightened concerns about terrorism. Specifically, Iran, Sudan, and Syria have been designated as state sponsors of terrorism. Libya is an active combat zone where Uh, Violent extremist groups thrive in ungoverned territory. Portions of Somalia have been a safe haven for terrorist groups. Most countries don't even recognize the Somali documents. Uh, Yemen is the site of an ongoing conflict between the government uh, and an Iran-backed armed opposition. Both ISIS and Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula have exploited this conflict to expand their presence in Yemen and carry out hundreds of attacks. These governments can, can't, simply cannot or not adequately supply satisfactory information about their own nationals. In the absence of adequate information from these governments, the President has had to act to protect the security of the American people. After the original executive order, Iraq's government took steps to increase their cooperation with our immigration authorities and improve their vetting process, leading them to be removed from the list of countries covered by the temporary travel suspension. We hope other countries will also take proactive action to to ensure the security of all of our nations. This is proof of both the need for and the effectiveness of the President's actions. There are a number of exceptions to this temporary travel suspension. The order explicitly states that the suspension does not apply to, one, green card holders, two, foreign nationals currently in the U.S., three, foreign nationals currently holding valid visas, four, foreign nationals who are dual citizens of a designated country traveling on a passport issued by a non-designated country, and last, foreign nationals who have been granted asylum or admitted as refugees previously. There will also be a temporary 120-day suspension of the United States Refugees Admissions Program. More than 300 people who have entered the United States as refugees are currently the subjects of counterterrorism investigations by the FBI we must find a way to better screen refugee applicants to maintain the safety of our own communities. This suspension will temporarily reduce the investigative burdens on the agencies who participate in our refugee program, allowing them to properly review and revise their standards and practices. In regard to both of these provisions, the President places his full faith and trust in the experience and knowledge of his Secretary of State and his Secretary of Homeland Security. This order makes it clear that they have broad authority to grant waivers based on their expert judgments. This suspension does not apply to refugees already scheduled for travel by the Department of State, which is explicitly stated in the text of the executive order. Additionally, this suspension does not treat Syrian refugees different than any other refugees. It does not separately address the persecution of religious minorities, but does permit waivers in the cases of undue hardship. This order was drafted in close consultation with the relevant agencies. It also includes a delay effective date of March 16th, giving those involved in its enforcement even more time to facilitate an orderly rollout. We welcome those uh, who come to our country wishing to contribute and share in our nation's prosperity and well-being, but we cannot allow our immigration system to become a vehicle for admitting people who intend to do us harm. It is the President's solemn duty to protect the American people. And President Trump has taken an important step in securing our borders through this order. Moving on to today, the President had a full day of meetings with the Cabinet and members of his staff. The President received his intelligence briefing this morning. He had a call earlier with the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, where they discussed regional security challenges. The Prime Minister thanked the President for his strong stance on anti-Semitism during his joint address to Congress last week. The President had lunch with the Vice President. And as I'm speaking to you now, he is beginning a meeting with the Secretary of State. Later today, he'll have meetings with his National Economic Council and Secretary of Veterans Affairs Shulkin. Uh, This evening, he'll have dinner with OMB Director Mulvaney and Secretary of Health and Human Services Tom Price, where he will talk about uh, the repeal and replace efforts regarding Obamacare. Uh, With that, I'll be glad to take a few questions.
0: (laughs) Uh, John Roberts, uh, thank you. (laughs) Uh, You you told us mm, I figured since it's just a gaggle. Um, you told us many times that the President was going to continue with the case in Seattle Federal Court, yet paragraph 13 in the new EO says he's going to revoke the original one. What changed? Uh,
3: as you know, he met with his team over the weekend, down in Mar-a-Lago, uh, General Counsel, Secretary Sessions, Secretary Kelly, uh, Stephen Miller, other members of the team, where they discussed, uh, continued discussing the current executive order, um, as well as um, uh, the, the strategy, and they made a determination that it was best to pursue this track. And again, I think, as I mentioned in the opening remarks, we continue to maintain um, that the order was fully lawful, but there are some legal hurdles that we'd have to potentially cross in terms of enjoyment and things like that. Uh, so it was uh, discussed with the President Saturday, um, and he made a decision that this is how he wanted to proceed. Uh, going forward based on the advice and counsel of this team
0: D- doj has informed the ninth circuit of the existence of the new executive order will they move to Dismiss the 48 cases that are facing that original order?
3: Uh, that's a good question I know that there's there's the issue of both the ninth circuit and then the other ones and, and I'll have to get back to you on that I don't know what posture they're going to take so um, you know, we'll, we'll go forward, Margaret. I was just going
4: to say, could, would would you be able to let all of us? Oh yeah, I'm
3: sorry. Yeah, I'd be glad to let everybody know.
4: I've got a question too, but I can wait until yeah. finished.
3: It's Fine, John. Oh, no. Okay. See uh, how much nice this uh, is, uh, Margaret. Oh, no, thank you. Uh,
4: well, actually, i I'd like to, I'd like to move away from this subject to the other subject. Sure. Um, uh, is the is the president going to clarify what he meant, um, when he accused President Obama and? White House officials of um, doing wiretaps. Uh, is that what he meant, or did he mean that he thinks there were wiretaps that the FBI authorized? And does he want to kind of like amend his previous statement? I, I think
3: the statement that we issued yesterday, where President Donald J. Trump is requesting, as part of their investigation in a Russian activity, the Congressional Intelligence Committees exercise their oversight authority to determine whether executive branch investigative powers were abused in 2016. Neither the White House nor the President will comment further until such oversight is continued. He wants Congress to look into this. I think I've spoken to the President again today. Uh, He would ask that they additionally look into this issue of leaks of classified and other information coming from the government. Um, He believes that it undermines our national security uh, and that Congress, the intelligence communities in Congress, using their oversight authority, uh, look into these pervasive leaks of national security of classified information. Um, so he would do that. I, I would note it's interesting that when you look at what former DNI Clapper said on Meet the Press when he was asked if there was any evidence that the Trump campaign was colluding with the Russian government while the Kremlin was working the influence the, uh, of uh, the election, his quote was, not to my knowledge. I, I think we've continued to see um, people who have been briefed and are aware of these stories that have existed. Um, Congressman Chairman Nunez of the Intelligence Committee uh, Tom Cotton of the is on the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr, um, Marco Rubio, you name it, on and on and on, have said that the information that they've been provided, and this is, I, I get it, there's two separate issues here, but I think on the first one, um, you saw over and over again the continued comments by people who are in the know or have been in the know on that situation saying that there was no knowledge. Conversely, you saw former uh, Attorney General Mukasey Come out and talk about that. That it's pretty clear that there was some sort of surveillance or wiretaps uh, that had to have existed. All that being said, I think that's why the president is, is asking Congress, uh, the intelligence committees, to use their oversight authority to, to further understand what's in this. I'm sorry. Yeah,
4: just, so, I'm not sorry, but I know you. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Um, just before we move on, okay. So for now, the president is not admitting <laughs> what he did, no. and uh, Jim Comey, in the meantime. I guess wanted justice to knock it down. Have, have, well, I again, I, I'll be honest know. with
3: you. I have not seen anything aside from another a report based on anonymous sources that that actually happened. Uh, so, aside from anonymous sources saying that a conversation happened, I'm not aware that that occurred. Um, I don't know that we're aware that that occurred, and I frankly don't see anything on the record that show that that actually occurred. So, I just just to be clear, I think. This is one of the problems that I think occurred in the whole first set of stories. People start taking things as fact because a series of on the off off record and anonymous sources say they do. We have started to become a series of believing all of these stories, and yet, you know, I've addressed this in the past. There's there's no there's nothing there to substantiate. In fact, all of the people from I mean, Clapper's comment quote not to my knowledge end quote. You saw Nunez, Rubio, all these senators and House members that have been briefed by the FBI coming out and saying, we we have not seen anything either. At some point, you know, I I would ask people to take on the record sources and quotes as important as the countless numbers of, of, of anonymous author records, Zeke.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I just saw
3: the top of a head. So, yeah. Hallie, I'm going to get you. Don't worry. So, I'm sorry. That was my bad.
0: Okay. It's all right. So uh, explain this to me then. Is, is, you're talking about not using anonymous sources. What is then the sourcing for the president's
3: tweet? Right. On I, as I said, was I think. It, look. Is,
0: is it, is it, is it, and does he believe it's a FISA warrant? Is it
3: some other? Uh, it could uh, FISA, be FISA. Uh, it could be surveillance. So There's no cameras. The slow it down. There, it's Look, I think he has made it clear that there are there's continued reports that have been out there. I'm not going to continue to, I think the President made it clear yesterday that he wants, that, that he wants Congress to go in and look at this. I think there is substantial reporting out there from, other, from individuals and from sources. Okay, God, Sarah, you're not on camera. You don't need to jump in. We'll, we'll get to your question in turn. Hold on, the, the answer is, is that the President has made it clear he wants Congress to look into this. Okay, that, and, and we're encouraging the House and Senate Intelligence Committees to do their, use their, their oversight capabilities and look into this. John Gizzi. Does he
0: not know whether, what kind of surveillance it was?
3: Well, I, I think that there's no question that something happened. The question is, is it, is it surveillance? Is it a wiretap or whatever? But uh, there's been enough reporting that strongly suggests that something occurred. And I think that that's why what he has said yesterday is that he wants Congress to look into this. And I think that there's enough out there now that makes one wonder how some of this happened without the existence of surveillance. But
0: when he published his tweet,
3: right? Did he know? What All kind I'm tal- of uh, like I said, I'm going to put a pin in this and say his state. The statement yesterday made it very clear that he wants House and Senate Intelligence Committee members to use their oversight authority to look into this situation. John Gizzi.
0: Thank you, Sean. Has the president ever said, there's hypocrisy and a double standard in the reporting of things, for example, about alleged Russian involvement in U.S. elections, and then on the other hand, uh, relatively little attention paid to the leaking of conversations with world leaders that are classified, and uh, does the leaking of his conversations with world leaders uh, bother him and make him want to investigate that as well?
3: Well, that's why, yeah, I mean, I think he is very concerned about that. There is obviously information that affects national security that has been leaked out um, that concerns him. I mean, it's, and I I think when you've seen some of the leader calls being leaked out that are are sort of congratulatory or or not necessarily dealing with state secrets or national security, that's one thing to see about. But it gives you pause and concern to realize that if you're talking about something of, of, of national security, uh, of something that affects two of our different economies or countries, uh, that, that uh, whether it's, you know, China or North Korea, uh, whether you're actually talking to them or talking about them with another leader, uh, that there's obviously concern that, that those calls are getting leaked out. And I think that's why, you know, the President's is also uh, now asking Congress to additionally use its oversight authorities to also look at that those leaks and wonder why that's happening. Um, so. Uh, I think he is concerned. I think we've said it several times before, and it's obviously something that is of major concern. And frankly, uh, when you recognize the potential that that could have on the safety of our country, it should get everyone paused. Hallie, Sean, two,
4: uh, two topics for you here. I want to clarify some questions being asked by my colleagues.
1: Has
3: the president spoken with the FBI director
1: about the allegations he made Saturday morning, and does he have confidence in his FBI? Uh,
3: I, I, to the best of my knowledge, I, I'm one, almost 100% certain that he has not, but. I've not specifically asked them. I'm not aware that that occurred. Obviously, I'd give myself, i will be glad to get back, but I have not known that that existed. So I'm giving myself the ability to get back to you on this. Sure. But I, I'm not, and all, of oh, and, and all of you, we're making a list. Uh, but I'm not aware that that actually happened, so. And the
4: confidence question, Do have confidence in his director?
3: I, I, there's nothing that I've been told by him that would lead me to believe that anything is different than what it was prior
1: And before I get to the second topic of clarification here You're talking about the president wanting to go to Congress specifically on the wiretapping questions But this is information that is held by the executive branch, right? So why would the president if it's information because I think the executive that there's like again? To and I'm
3: not gonna I, I want to stay in my wheelhouse here, but I, my understanding is is that the president directing the Department of Justice to do something with, with respect to an investigation that may or may not occur with evidence may be seen as, as trying to interfere, and I think that we're trying to do this in the proper way. And that's that
1: inter- sort of saying that this information exists. That, that's not, not that
3: doesn't interfere with an investigation. So okay, Z. Wait, The I'm second sorry. topic
1: was actually on the immigration executive order.
3: Um,
1: the president back in January tweeted uh, about a one-week delay on the travel ban would have mm-hmm. let bad dudes enter the right. country. This particular revised order doesn't go into effect for right. another 10 days. So, so what changed? How does that, under, does well, that undercut your argument that the no. nation was at risk?
3: Well, no. I mean, I, I would argue that the court kind of undercut our argument um, by not reading the U.S. code the way it's intended to. But I think we lost the element of surprise way back when we said we are going to issue a second executive order. So that's
1: what it was about, the element of surprise? Oh,
3: absolutely. I mean, I think we said it at the beginning, the whole reason that we did it in okay. the way that we did was because if you started to telegraph it. But I think that when we started talking about a second executive order a couple weeks back, I think that that generally took away, whether it was done on Friday or Sunday or Monday, wouldn't it matter? I mean, people have been able to under, we have telegraphed what we're doing last couple weeks. We took that away. And the President, as you've seen, um, has been very methodical about making sure we've talked about this, um, you know, for the last week, talking about, it's talking important. right, but talking about implementing it correctly. And I think Saturday night, if you saw the group of individuals who were down in Florida sitting with them, this is part of that implementation process that we've been talking about. That we were continuing to tweak it, to continue to get it ready to speed, overcome a lot of, of issues and concerns that had to get added in or out. Um, and make sure that the government was properly read it. But but make no mistake, we lost the element of surprise um, back when we said when the court enjoined this uh, in the Ninth Circuit and, and then we had to go back to the drawing board and we talked about doing a second order. That that was the intent of it the entire time. You lose that back then. Zeke. Uh, going back to the, uh, the, the previous topic, the, the President calling for Congress to investigate uh, these specific issues. Does that mean that the president is willing or is committing now to accepting
0: the conclusions of these congressional investigations, no matter what they say sure. on anything? So we can should because he he's now calling for this investigation, he is now committing to accept the outcome.
3: Well, I, I don't I don't think you would ever just blanketly say I'm going to accept any outcome. That doesn't matter what it is. You can go to you know court um, and. And it doesn't mean that if you get found guilty or innocent that you're accepting the outcome. It means that you're agreeing that that's a legitimate. Uh, but I, I think we're going to let Congress work its will. Um, I think that if we have a, a problem with one of the conclusions, we'll let it be known. Um, but I think that for right now, the issue is that we think that that's the appropriate place for this to be looked into. Um, and, and they have the resources, and they themselves have admitted that. Alexis? So can I ask you two topics?
4: Sure. On this topic, let to just follow up members of Congress pursue an investigation that looks into surveillance in the way the President would like them to. And he believes that that surveillance is potentially against the law. They would make recommendations to the executive branch to pursue and prosecute anyone responsible for that. So their recommendations would come back to Mm -hmm. the Justice Department. So to ask the question again. Would the President accept the recommendations of the legislative branch that potentially laws were broken and that those accusations should come back to the Justice Department to investigate?
3: I think it's hard to prejudge what they're doing. Obviously, the reason that he's asking the House and Senate Intelligence Committee to go through this is because uh, he thinks that they are the appropriate venues, they have the appropriate staff uh, to look at them. and I think it's an appropriate way of of having that separation of powers, if you will, where it's not asking, Telling, directing the Department of Justice to do something that they may or may not be the ones conducting. But, but again, I the reason I don't want to give a blanket statement, Alexis, isn't because I'm trying to prejudge it, but I think that depending on um, on a lot of things, you don't want to say oh, we're going to accept every single thing they do. I think we definitely will have a lot of respect for what they, how, what they do and what they look into. But I think to, to blanketly accept, um, just say we're going to accept anything they say or do, uh, might be uh, a bit premature and, and and not exactly the the way to go.
4: And I have a care question but okay. before I do that. It was reported that the President was interested in having the White House counsel pursue information that would help support the President's argument that he may have been under surveillance. Is it the case that the President has indeed asked Don McGahn to continue doing that or is he dropping no, that? No Don McGahn
3: he- was never asked all Don McGahn was ever asked to do was to accept, uh, to review what options, if any, were available. That's it. Just review internally and tell the President this is what's, but we made very clear to anyone who asked, and if, if you know Don and the team here, these are unbelievably talented lawyers. They're very skilled in, in understanding their, where the bounds are, and would understand that any type of interference would be such a, they, it was an internal review of what options, if any, were available so it's full stop. And that was Uh, That guidance was was made available to the President. Okay.
4: Here's my health care question. Okay. Uh, It was also reported that the President's desire for speed with the the Administration's own Affordable Care Act replacement plan has kicked the ball to the OMB Director rather than the HHS Secretary to complete that work and get it out this week. Um, Who is in charge of actually completing that? Is it more now in the ball? court of OFB rather than HHS, or are they working together? How would you describe it, and is it still coming
3: out this week? Uh, I believe it is coming I, I have every intention that it comes out this week. Um, but I think it's a it's a joint effort. I think Secretary Price is obviously the lead. It's HHS, but Director Mulvaney, you know, his time. I mean, they both served in the House um, uh, and were champions of budget issues. Obviously, there's a huge budgetary impact on that, and his understanding of the budget, his role here, and obviously his understanding of Congress makes Director Mulvaney uh, a great partner. Um, So it's not a question of, you know, this is the same issue that came up during the transition on trade. Uh, I think we have an unbelievable, uh, unbelievably talented team. Everybody from Robert Lighthouser, when he gets confirmed, is, is the U.S. trade uh, uh, rep. You've got, uh, you know, Wilbur Ross at Commerce, Peter Navarro here. It's not an either-or thing. It's, it's, I think, bringing the best and the brightest together to get something through. Obamacare, repealing and replacing it with something that's more accessible, affordable, more innovative, is, is not something that just has to land in one person's hand. Uh, it can be covered, you know, and I, I think they're great partners and great teammates. Yes?
0: Yes, please. Uh, Thank you, Sean. I'm just wondering when you said that it's pretty clear that there was some sort of intelligence or wiretaps and that that's why we need to move forward with an investigation, is that based on people speaking on the record or anonymous sources?
3: On the record. I think General McKay was very much on the record uh, when he came to that conclusion. Um, I think that when you – anyway, I I will leave it to – to, to Congress to, to further follow up on that. One, one point yep. if I made sure. uh,
0: the president has yet to announce the vast majority of his, of his sub-cabinet level nominations, mm-hmm. such as ambassador to Japan. Does the White House have a long-term timeline mm-hmm. for all the rest of these nominations?
3: Yeah, I think that you should. Uh, there is a uh, a bunch of sub-cabinet um, individuals and ambassadorships that should be coming out very soon. One of the things that I think you know, I, I'm glad you kind of gave me a, an opportunity to touch on personnel. Uh, There's a report the other day that of like the 1927 positions, and someone went through. I think one of the things that people have to recognize is we, we talked about this a lot during the transition. We had about 600 members of these beachhead teams that went in under a special uh, hiring process, uh, That they're there, they're able to be there for 120 days. Um, for the most part, most of those people transition into Schedule C positions. It's not a given, um, it is not a default, meaning, and I think we made it clear during the transition, it's not just if you if you showed up for the first 120 days, you get to stay, but sort of they were chosen specifically because of their understanding of the issue, their expertise, so their desire to serve in that particular capacity. And so we actually, when you actually look at the numbers, um, we, are, we are well ahead, if not on par with, we're well ahead of almost every modern administration. I think we're right on par uh, with, with Obama 08. But you know, you, you think about it. Of the 1,927 or so positions, we've got over 600 of those individuals, and most of whom so far are looking like they're fully going to convert to Schedule C. But they're performing the duties um, uh, that that would be done by a Schedule C. So when it when you look at the totality of what we're doing, um, we were well ahead on the cabinet. And and again, one of the other things is, you, you know, you you've got Congress still holding up the cabinet getting appointed. And so I think there's a degree to which Senate Democrats, before we get a lot of stones thrown at us about where we are in the rest, they haven't even finished the job at hand uh, of getting the full cabinet. John, Decker.
0: Uh, thanks a lot. Have two questions on the executive order. With the first executive order, there was a lot of fanfare when the president uh, signed that executive order in the Oval Office uh, today. Uh, not so much. Uh, we didn't see the president. No cameras. No pool. Uh, why didn't he want to show? Us, well, him signing this new executive
3: order. I tweeted a picture out. I mean, we. that's your picture. That's not independent. Okay, of I, I yeah, today. I know. I I, I'm, I think the, the, there are th- <laughs> there are three agencies <laughs> that are that are dealing with. I think we went to your point. We went through this. Uh, we talked about the courts issue. We we talked about this ad nauseum. The president got asked about it over and over again. Um, I think today was was about the implementation of it. It was about having the three departments that are expressly name to implement this to talk about what they're doing to implement it. Um, and I think they did a phenomenal job about it. And that's what we wanted to highlight today is is the government getting it done and the way that the Department of Justice, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Department of State were implementing the measures that the President laid forth. Again, if you think about it, the principles of the executive order remain the same. Um, it's, it's We looked at what the Court said. We put together a thing. We consulted. Uh, with the relevant agencies and departments. We talked to Congress. We had an extensive morning of briefings. The the call to the press lasted uh, about an hour, I guess. Um, And so we we made sure that everybody knew what we were doing. We sent them out to make sure that the American people could see what they were doing. Um, And so, you know, I just want to be clear that I I think we did a phenomenal job of rolling it out and making sure the American people saw the faces of the departments that were instrumental in implementing it. Caitlin, I'm sorry, John, go ahead.
0: The second one has to do with this idea of element of surprise. With the first executive order and also with this one, there's a 90-day temporary ban on residents entering this country from six predominantly Muslim countries. What's to stop um, a so-called bad dude from one of these countries from coming into the country on the 91st day or the 92nd day? Why? 90 days. Doesn't that get rid of that element of surprise when you say? No, how I think, think
3: that different? no. But but I, I, I thank you. That's actually an interesting question. I think part of it is that we feel confident that during that 90-day period, um, the processes could be put in place. Now, remember, there, there's two key things that are important. Number one is these are the these six countries are the ones that we don't have the information um, currently that we feel comfortable in. And as I listed off, why? I mean, there are some that literally are state sponsors of terror. And I think when you recognize, I don't think there's any American that wants a country that is a state sponsor of terror to be sending their individuals here without us p- properly vetting them. You talk about Yemen, the documents that people use in Yemen are not accepted by a whole host of countries because uh, they lack the, uh, the integrity to ensure that they, they are not compromised. Um, and I think that there is a big difference in that, um, but we can, at the end of that 90-day period. We could let a country off. We could expand the list of countries. We could indefinitely uh, address the countries that are on the list. We could expand that that list to other countries that aren't on it. But there's two things that are happening. One is we're putting a a ban on on those countries, the six that are named. But two is we're looking at at the rest of the entire world and all of the um, procedures that we use uh, to, to address all countries. And so, at the end of that period, we could add countries, we could subtract countries, we could decide to indefinitely continue with a, with one of the two, uh, one of the six, rather. Um, but if you look at the case of Iraq, after the first order, uh, they stepped up with four very specific things that they did to ensure that people traveling from Iraq, we had certain things that, you know, whether it be biometrics or others, that let us ensure that the people coming into the country, um, we felt confident. And, and, uh, and knowing that they were coming in. But that, that's an important thing. It's not just those six. We're looking at that time, at, we're dealing with those during that ninety period, but we're also looking at everybody else at the same period. Caitlin? So
1: why doesn't the order prevent people who didn't have visas by the day of the
4: first order from coming in the country? Because wouldn't that safeguard from the people who went and got visas during this revision period?
3: I, I would just say I think that there's appropriate steps that have been taken uh, during that period to ensure that the homeland has been protected. Uh, go ahead, I know you have another one.
4: Uh, does the president think that Barack Obama himself wiretapped him, or someone in the administration?
3: I, I'm just going to say that, as the president noted in his statement, we're going to let Congress look into that, and then we'll get back to it. We'll, we'll discuss it after Congress comes with finding Aaron,
1: since the president contends that he and President Obama like each other, has he picked up the phone and called President Obama since the inauguration, or does think about asking him directly before accusing him publicly?
3: I, I have not. I'm not aware of whether or not they've talked. I can ask and, and find out. And get back to you, sure. Cecilia. But does the
4: fact that, uh, that you're rescinding this first executive order is it at all an admission that things just didn't go right the first time around?
3: No, I, I think the first executive order we've made clear time and time again. When you look at the, how the court adjudicated that; they their facts were wrong. There's, I mean, just in terms of how many people had come into the country, they based it off of uh, uh, off of several things that I think were not factually accurate. I think we recognize that. We could have been in litigation for up to a year on this, uh, and that would have left the country exposed. And I think that that's there is a uh, there is a goal here that we that we sought to achieve the first time that we have to maintain. But by no means to, we we one hundred percent maintain that the executive order as initially drafted is completely constitutional and legal, um, and that what we've done is to do the best of our ability Sean. based on what the court courts. Hold on, hold on, hold on. still Cecilia's turn. Oh,
1: what about this issue of radicalization after people are here, which is what the DHS DHS raised in that report? One of the examples that's cited um, in the EO today is a Somali man now who came as a child and was radicalized here. So, what does this order do
4: about that population of people?
3: The people that are here, here
4: right? which is what the concern that DHS raised in this report. That said, people who the bigger concern is people who are here who ratify after the fact, not those that are here stopping. Well, today, I tomorrow, think that, that
3: what we need to do, this isn't a one stop shop. I think that we have to look at this, the entire problem. This is one piece of the problem that we're looking at to make sure that uh, we keep the country safe. It's not a either or or only this then, but I think you're going to see a continuation of steps that the president takes to. to Make sure that the country is protected. Um, one one small correction that I've been made aware of: it's Somalia, not Yemen, that the travel docs are not accepted. So my apologies for to, uh, to Yemen. Yes, Jeff, did you Somalia. hold on? Yeah, Thanks, sir, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Sean. You you've mentioned a couple times and referred a couple times today to, to <coughs> DNI Clapper, former DNI Clapper's comments on uh, over the weekend about Russia and the Trump campaign. Are you encouraging people to take those comments seriously, but not the comments where he said there was no wiretapping? <coughs>
3: No, I'm just, well, first of all, he also said that he wasn't aware. He couldn't speak entirely when it came to wiretapping. He said that he wasn't aware of anything. I take him at his word that he wasn't aware, but that doesn't mean that it didn't exist. Um, and so, but I also think that it's interesting that the double standard that has existed for so long when it comes to you have these sources over and over again who have been briefed by the FBI that say, saw, I was briefed, there's nothing there. You have Clapper saying, quote, not that I'm aware of. and. Yet, we still have these stories over and over again citing anonymous sources. At some point, you have to question how many times are you going to take didn't see anything there before we start seeing these stories getting rewritten over and over and over again. I, I think that is a valid question. It's interesting how... Everyone today is asking what sources we have, and yet we've been asking the same question about the sources for these anonymous sources and story after story for the last six months. And it's just, don't worry, we have these trusted anonymous sources that may or may not be true. And at the bottom of every story, it has some kind of caveat that, however, there has been no formal evidence presented. I think there's been a malignment for so many months about what may or may not have happened, and yet not a shred of single truth has actually come that shows any anything any evidence that existed, except for anonymous source after anonymous source after anonymous source. Yeah.
0: What's the White House's reaction to North Korea firing four ballistic missiles to the sea off Japan's northwest? The
3: launches are consistent with North Korea's long history of provocative behavior. The United States stands with our allies in the face of this very serious threat. The Trump administration is taking steps to enhance our ability to defend against North Korea's ballistic missiles, such as through the deployment of a THAAD battery to South Africa. South 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 Korea.
0: I just want to circle back around a, a couple things that you said. You said it could be FISA, it could be surveillance. So, are you saying that the administration is conceding that somewhere there was evidence presented before a judge that shows there could be collusion with? The campaign, and that it was okay to to surveil them. No, what I'm I,
3: suggesting is that, as I said, that our goal is to uh, is to allow Congress to do its job, as the statement said yesterday, Olivia. And what, yeah.
0: And then the follow up yeah. on the uh, um, on the new order. You had said that there were a hundred or so that had been inspected. That and but how many total that came in uh, that you all have three hundred of 100 refugees. You said hundreds of ref- or three hundred refugees. How many total came in, and how many did you detain?
3: I have to. I'd ask you to talk to the Department of Justice or actually Homeland Security on that one. I just I know that the top line sat on that one. Uh, Olivier, I got
0: a couple for you. One just scheduling. Um, the Israeli Defense Minister is in town tomorrow. Will he meet with the president?
3: Uh, I'll have to get back to you on that. I'm not aware that that's on the schedule at this time. But um, that I, I don't know. I know he and, and Prime Minister Netanyahu spoke earlier. I'm not aware that that came up
0: out this this notion of 300 refugees being investigated. What are they being investigated for specifically? What's the source for this information? We the FBI. A, so the FBI investigating 300 refugees currently on U.S. soil on terrorism-related charges. That's what I have.
3: been Yeah, I, I can, I'll get you the stat for that, but that's... That'd be great. Thank you. Okay. Anita.
2: Rock and how they're not, why they're not in the executive right. order anymore. So is this a signal to the other six and to other countries that they can also get removed if they, if they I think you called it proactive, that they were proactively ha- having their own actions? So,
3: I, I think what I would say, and I, I think the way you phrased it is, right, it's not just these six countries, it's, it's countries throughout the globe. I think that we are, it, it is in every country's best interest to know who's coming in and out of its country. Um, and to, to do things. And I think there are things that we've asked countries to do. And it's not inclusive. It's not, have you hit these four. I think each country is a separate case. So I don't want to say if you do these four, you're in. Um, but but, I, but absolutely. I think there is now, in some cases, it, it, like anything else, Anita, it may be easier for one country to achieve something uh, than for another. But at the end of the day, I think there are certain things that uh, there are certain steps that Iraq went through, including things like biometrics. Um, and turning over lists of, updating lists rather, of of people within their country that have, that pose a threat. Um, And so that they've agreed to do certain things after the first one was ordered that give us a a much greater degree of confidence in knowing who's coming in and out out of the country. And
2: then on another topic, um, what was the President's reaction to hearing about Vice President Pence's email? Use personal email for government business. I asked, obviously, because he had so many things to say about Hillary Clinton using personal email for government business. Last year. I was
3: going to insert like an AOL joke here, but uh, uh, but um, but I think uh, look, I, I don't. I think there's a big difference. The vice president complied with Indiana law, turned over all of his emails, and made sure that everything was done. I mean, that's a uh, a, a very big step. There's no question uh, that I've made aware of that he didn't do everything in compliance with Indiana law. There's a big difference between doing what is common practice within a state government and what is in compliance with that state's laws than setting up a private server uh, that seeks specifically to uh, to go around the, the, the government protocols and, uh, and, and the Federal Records Act. There's a big difference between that. But, I mean, the governor at the time uh, and now the vice president did everything in compliance with Indiana law. And I think that that's a big difference, is that it's not a question of what, it's, it's a question of was there a law and was there a rule and did you follow it? In the case of Governor Pence, he did. In the case of Secretary Clinton, I would, I would let, you know, the, the record speak for itself in that. Sarah, Gabby, I'm sorry.
1: Um, Part of the justification for the hurried rollout of the initial executive order on immigration was that if it wasn't rolled out immediately, that people would take advantage of that and come into the country. So why has the administration decided to delay the implementation of this new executive order until March 16th?
3: I'm going to refer you to Hallie Jackson. Uh, That was what Hallie asked earlier. No problem. It's in the back. Uh, but basically, the the answer that I gave Hallie, that I would you, is I think the the first order, the goal of one of the goals of the first order was an element of surprise to implement it in a way that um, that didn't allow people to get in. Right. Since the Ninth Circuit acted, we've been talking about a second executive order. I think we lost the element of surprise um, back in in mid to early February when the Ninth Circuit acted the way they did. So that that. That element, what we've tried to do now is to make sure with that element gone that we've implemented this in a way uh, that that ensures the the greatest degree of of confidence that we know what we're doing. One quick item. I'm not done, so don't. You can keep your hands going. Someone asked earlier, and I'm trying to remember who, about the source for DOJ. Was that you, Olivia? Uh, The Department of Justice FBI investigation section one, subsection H, the text of the EO notes. uh, You can check on that for the source. I'm sorry. Matt. Uh, Sean, doubling back to something we talked about earlier. President Trump accused President Obama of criminal conduct. One, can you tell us what his source was for that accusation? And Two, can you tell us unequivocally that he was basing that on more than a talk radio report and a Breitbart article about that talk radio report? I'm going to tell you that I've said it over and over again. I think the President made it very clear in the statement yesterday that, he is not going to comment any further on this until Congress does. So I'm not going to. I'm just going to say that the president made it very clear uh, that, based on numerous uh, things, including I and mean, I think there's a New York Times story on. This, there's a uh, uh, several sources that, that made this clear um, or, or brought this to light. But I'm not going to go into anything further, uh, as the president noted, until until this is uh, resolved. Mara. Um, I have two topics. One
4: on the EO that maybe is coming later this week, an EO on the Obama administration's fuel economy standards. Um, are you going to have an EO reversing those, and will that also negate California's waiver?
3: Um, I don't see anything. On, I, I'll have to get back to you as my standard. I'm not so sure on that timing. I was just looking at my oh, date. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I just, I wouldn't get Maybe not. I don't have anything to announce at the time is, is generally how I answer that, no. and I'm going to stick okay. to it. But
4: I, I have a, just one more question on the, on the other topic. Um, you said that you pointed rightly to Clapper's comments. N- nothing that he knows of suggests there was any collusion between right. the campaign and Russia. But he also said that he didn't know of any um, wiretap FISA order. Why are you willing to accept his... That, that's opinion? what Jeff asked. Well, I guess, I guess the, the thing I'm asking is the President of the United States has unilateral authority to declassify anything that he wants. He said in his tweet, I just learned of this. So he obviously had some kind of evidence. Why not declassify it? I think
3: that's, as I made clear, there's a reason that we want Congress and the Intelligence Committees to do their job. Uh, in terms of making sure that there's a separation of powers looking at it as if we uh, like I, I think that again I, I'm just going to leave it at that he thinks it's appropriate uh, for Congress to do this um, instead of trying to f- point to, to his own Department of Justice. Sure, Ashley. Ashley, hold on. We're going to wait our turn. Sean, it's Ashley's turn.
4: Thank you. Uh, this morning, Kellyanne Conway went on Fox News, and she said he's the President of the United States. He has information and intelligence that the rest of us do not. So that seemed to be referring not to these news reports
1: you're talking about, but to specific, tangible evidence. Um, so what can you tell us about what that evidence is, where it came from? And then secondly, if he has this evidence, why is he asking Congress to investigate
3: well, I, I just, I think the point that Kellyanne was making at the time is that the president, because he's president, gets access to NSC and other intelligence documents. Uh, I don't know, I didn't, I haven't seen the exact transcript, so I can't, uh, I, I, I appreciate that, thank you. Uh, but I also haven't talked to Kellyanne about this, so I don't think you can do that part. Uh, but I don't, so I can't specifically uh, respond to you in terms of what she was referring to, whether she was referring um, to uh to the exact nature of his charge, or whether, generally speaking, he has given information. But I, again, on all of this, I'm going to go back to this um, to to the statement earlier that the president's goal right now is to uh, is to make sure that the House and Senate can do this. Uh, yes, thank you, sir. Uh, China is uh, uh,
0: retaliating against the uh, South Korean military units and position It's
3: retaliating against what?
0: Against oh, yes, the uh, Saad uh, Department in South Korea, third
3: Battery. The Saad Battery? Yeah, I think we're going to work with South Korea. I mean, obviously, uh, North Korea's um, missile launches uh, present a, a danger to our friends down south. And I think, as I mentioned in, in our response, we're going to continue to work with the government of, of South Korea to, uh, to address this thing. You
1: press the I'm not I, at, at this government. point. Huh? We're, we have not had any further
3: conversations on this. I think this is consistent with U.S. policy. Margaret.
1: Um, two points of clarification. Did the President mean in any way to suggest that the FBI broke the law or any other intelligence agencies with this allegation of wiretapping?
3: Um in, in the tweet? Yes. I'm just going to let the tweet speak for itself. I'm not going we'll to get it. I, on I, I get it, but I think that I'm not going to try to. I, I understand that, and I, I think I, I will seek further clarification on that. I For right now, I would just suggest to you that I, I'm going to let it speak until I get further clarification. point, of
1: clarification yeah. here. It, you said, you know, you didn't want to really get into what the triggering event was for the tweet in the first place, but I, I want you to address this part, if you would. Um, the question has been raised that, or the allegation has been raised that the President was simply trying to change the topic off of an unfortunate news cycle that week. Can you address that portion of the question, that this was... Deliberately about changing the media narrative and not no,
3: anything. I, I, I don't, to I mean, that's, that. I, 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 that's I, I have nothing to lead me to believe that that was the case. Um, I'm not sure, and I think he had a great week last week, he had a phenomenal joint address. We had a great visit down in Norfolk talking about rebuilding uh, the military. He was in Orlando and Florida talking about uh, how school choice can help children and parents and uh, create better schools. So I, I just, I, I can't say I, that I've talked to him specifically about this, but I think the president had a good week, um, and and so I don't see any reason that he would be using. I mean, that just that's that's. I think it was an issue of concern to him. Yeah,
0: if, Sean, let me, let's remind everybody what the president did tweet Saturday morning. Terrible, just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. He later called Obama the. Uh, stupid guy or whatever it was yes. exactly. Yes. I can't. I mean, yes. or sort of, yes. sick guy. Yeah, sorry. Um, mm. Are the American people supposed to pull back and suddenly think that this is not the President of the United States accusing his predecessor of committing a crime? Are Will they he writes it that way?
3: I think, look, I, I think the President speaks very uh, candidly. His, his tweets speak for themselves, as we've said before. And he's asked uh, the House and Senate committees to to, uh, to look into this. Sarah.
1: Surrounding President Trump's then-campaign advisors in Russia, uh, which is carried over White House. is he reconsidering at all his hope or his timeline for pairing with Russia to fight ISIS?
3: Is he based on
1: just based on the amount of scrutiny surrounding? His no, campaign? I mean I think
3: if Russia wants to join with us to fight ISIS, that's 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 a great.
1: So nothing's changed on that front. No. And secondly, in light of the fact that there were previously undisclosed communications between the Russian ambassador and Michael Flynn and Jeff Sessions and Jared Kushner, has White House counsel done anything proactively to try to go to senior staffers or other cabinet-level officials and say, hey, if you have had contact with a Russian official that you have not previously disclosed, now
3: I'm not aware of any of that. And I, I would say that there's – one of the things that is interesting that, uh, you know, there's – in the course of people conducting their business uh, here at the White House or during a transition or or in the House or the Senate, uh, you contact a whole host of people, Um, diplomats, government officials, you know, association representatives, corporate representatives. I mean, that's, those are the kind of folks that talk to people in government. Um, And I think that there's one thing between talking with somebody, I mean, I think, and again, I'll, I'll get back to you so don't. Be prescriptive on this i think someone had told me earlier today that there was something like 20 visits to the russian ambassador in the last you know 10 maybe years i don't huh, 20 huh 22 thank you uh for helping fact check me um but uh, but i mean i, I guess not here <laughs> thank you where's Noller? um but i think at some point there's nothing wrong with people doing their job, right? I mean, that's, that's what I think that there is a big difference between so-and-so met with someone. There's nothing to disclose with a meeting. If I have a meeting with, with a member of the media, no one says, hey, did you know that you need to, to report every time you meet with this individual or this outlet or whatever? There's nowhere to report that kind of stuff. There's a big difference between doing something uh, nefarious or illegal and conducting yourself in a, in a routine course of business. <laughs>
1: of instances where people in this administration suggested they did not have any contact or misled you guys about the amount of contact they had, which has then caused some unflattering news cycles. And I I think,
3: so in in one case, uh, Michael Flynn was, you know, the President said the inconsistencies and him not being straight with the Vice President, he asked him to resign. I think the President dealt with it. Um, But that, that was, again, if you note the President's comments at the time, he was very clear that the issue wasn't that he's doing his job. The issue was him misleading the vice president, and that's a very different thing. Um, so he had no problem with him doing his job and contacting individuals that were going to need to be in contact with during the during um, the the administration. That's 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 and that's where I think there's a big difference between a lot of these stories saying, "Did you know that so and so did this?" Okay. That there's nothing wrong with people meeting with ambassadors or government officials or corporate representatives or you know members of the media. Um, that's part of what we do in government, um, and so I think there's a big difference in in the question that you're asking about whether or not someone's doing something that's wrong and inappropriate or illegal, and someone doing what they would do in a normal course of business. Well, I
1: think- The other question is just whether there have been more instances of this that are going to catch you guys by surprise. Right, and I guess- The president himself has denied that there was any kind of this contact throughout the campaign, and then we found out there were national security- But, but, hold on, actually- meeting with the Russian ambassador as well as Jeff Sessions, and then there was this meeting with Michael Flynn as well as Jared Kushner, which was not previously disclosed. But, but again,
3: okay, so there's two things. You said the president found out about this. What's this? Having a meeting? I mean, again, I don't think there's countless meetings that members of, of his senior staff and the rest of people throughout government have on it every day. That's why he's asked us to come here and work, is to to facilitate some of these meetings and get some of the stuff done. There is no one to disclose stuff to. I mean, I don't disclose the meeting. It sounds
1: me- like you're saying you're not concerned, that Derek, could you No, it's concerned not that I'm, I'm not
3: concerned. concerned. I guess there's a – but what I'm getting at, Sarah, is that there's a difference between being concerned about somebody – you know, I could equally be concerned that if a member of the media said, hey, I want to take a member of your staff out, and we're going to, uh, you know, break some kind of ethics rule, I would be concerned about that. But I wouldn't be concerned if they said, hey, we want to go have coffee with a member of the media. They don't disclose all of that on our staff. And I think, but that, that's, that's an essential to your question. Is, is a meeting, uh, there's nothing wrong with a meeting. There's nothing wrong with uh, meeting with a government official or uh, a diplomat or a member of the media, or a corporate individual, or association, or, or a constituent, or a, a citizen that has an issue. But on any of those categories, once they cross the line and do something wrong, and I think to the, to the answer to your question, the issue was specifically, uh, or the questions surrounded, attempts to influence the election. Those are very different than people meeting also during a transition period, or people meeting in their White House capacity. But those are three separate instances. All of the stories that I've heard so far previously all detailed just action with respect to the campaign and Russia's attempt to influence the campaign, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that's that's that was the backdrop. Right, right, that's the the backdrop. And then and so I
3: think in the one instance where it happened where there was someone that misled someone, they were let go. So for you to start asking questions about, well, what if these other individuals had a meeting, well Were they ever asked about it? I mean, there's a big difference between did someone meet with someone and did someone mislead somebody about meeting someone? And that is a very, very big difference in those questions. And that's one of the things that I think is important to distinguish. People can meet with people. The question is, did they do something wrong? Did they mislead somebody? And those are all very, very different categories. So, April? Okay,
1: Sean, Sean,
2: I have a couple of topics. Um, and back on this, following up. So the question is, under what capacity was he in when he met with the ambassador, and what did they Who's talk he? about? Sessions. And I don't know. Then And then under, then when he was under oath, you know, he said he didn't do it, but then we find out later, so what do you say? No, about? no,
3: I, well, first of all, I, I'm not going to, I'll refer you back to, to the Department of Justice. I know my understanding is he's amending um, his um Testimony to the, to the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, from what I from what I've heard, um, so I, I'll let his speak. But I do think that his explanation that he gave was very was that he was answering a question: Did you have any meetings with anyone with respect to the campaign? And I think in his mind it was very clear that I never met with anyone um, with respect to the campaign. I met with someone in my Senate office in my capacity as United States Senator with Senate staff. To discuss, you know, foreign policy or whatever it was that he was discussing. I think the senator discussed this in his uh, media conference uh, last week, uh, Thursday. So I don't. I guess the issue is with respect to what was talked about. I don't know. That's that's up to him. But I, I do think the way he described it was very clear that he he believed he was answering um, Senator Franken's question with respect to. Um, activity involving the campaign and and attempts to, you know, as I said to Sarah, like this whole idea of influence the election, meeting with an ambassador about an area of foreign policy in his Senate office with his Senate staff was clearly not a campaign event.
2: Okay, so um, now on the leak issue, um, you're talking about Congress doing an investigation, but some of these leaks are coming from top officials, people who know insider information. What has the President said? to his staff as it relates to the leaks in reference to trying to find out himself, not just from top-level people, what has he said to people about the leaks, about trying to stop it or trying to find out what's happening?
3: Well, I, I think the President made clear in his comments when he stood before you all a couple weeks ago um, that his main concern is national security. That's, that's when he keeps talking about the leaks, his concern is the leaks that, that damage and undermine national security. The leaks that deal with classified and other information—that's what his main concern is—and I don't think that that's not a White House issue. That's sort of that is an issue that uh, is beyond the White House. We're not.
2: No, no. I, I think
3: it's not that other leaks don't matter. I think his issue that he has talked about and his his concern is is the leaks that uh, of national security. It's not that he's saying other leaks are okay, but I think the ones that threaten our public safety or potentially put our country in harm are the ones that he really cares about. Okay, Peter, sorry, Okay. I have a
2: question, I'm sorry. Um, this President uh, reached out to President, former President Obama, several times when he was President. That's right. They started building something. There was a bridge. Now some people in the camp, uh, in, in the Obama camp, are considering these conversations about, or these tweets, crazy. And not, And the question is now, with this divide between these two, and President Trump may need to one day reach back to former President Obama. How do you think that'll play out? Do you think that they these two will never come back together again? Is this something he could have talked to him about before he went on Twitter? I mean, there is a there's now a chasm. There's a divide that that wasn't there a couple of weeks ago.
3: Okay, well, there was a divide during the campaign too. Um, I don't think that. Uh, I think that as you saw. The President has made it very clear. He said some things about the President. The President said stuff about the campaign. I think they came together for the good of the country. And in cases where they can come together for common good and to um, talk about what's in the country's best interest, they will. But um, I understand your point. I just think, uh, the President, uh, thank you. Uh, but I, I think that th- they'll they'll be just fine. Um, so, but you. No. Oh, good. Yeah.
4: Um, hi, John. Hi, Julie. You've been um, very patient. Yes, I have. Thanks. Yes.
3: I think this is your first time. It is, yes. Well, welcome. I, See I, how I pleasant this like, is? Let's oh, turn can the camera I get, on. not
4: get called on my first time? <laughs> um, ten years ago, Bob Levinson disappeared in Iran, mm-hmm. and I know the President talked about this a little bit on the campaign trail. Is there anything you can tell us about how the administration is approaching this pace? Have they been in communication with his family, or
1: any updates on that?
3: I I think we put out a statement from the NSC on Friday on this. Uh, Was Victoria? I I think we. we, So we have we have um, we've been in communication with his family. I believe they were here last, or we were in touch with them last week. Um, And uh, obviously, we continue to uh, to hold out hope. Uh, But the administration has been in touch with his family.
0: Uh, uh, The call to Netanyahu. What prompted
3: that? Uh, I don't know, Dave. Uh, I'll, I'll find out. I just know. I know it happened, and uh, I got a little bit of. a As you might know,
0: the Prime Minister is meeting later this week with Vladimir Putin. Did, did uh, the President and the Prime Minister talk about Syria at all?
3: I, I don't know. I know that they had a discussion about regional threats. So I don't want to get ahead of this, David Jackson.
0: Uh, Comey did tell people this weekend that President Obama did not order these wiretaps, and he did want the Justice Department to put out that statement. Does President Obama? Are believe you? I, I.
3: I like I said. I am not. You. You. So, wait, so Does
0: President Trump believe Comey when he says that President Obama did not authorize these wiretaps?
3: My question is, is that I don't think that we've confirmed that, that Director Comey did say that. I don't. I'm not aware, aside from reading stories that cite anonymous sources saying that he said it. Uh, I'm not aware that that actually happened. So that that's the first issue that I think we need to to resolve. Well,
0: people we trust did tell us that. It did. I, I,
3: well, with all due respect, not you, but I think that we've had a number of reports that I've seen that about things that have occurred in the last. You know, forty-some odd days that actually didn't occur, but you know, anonymous sources said they did. Peter Alexander. Sean, to
0: be clear, you said earlier, uh, as an on-the-record source for the president's wiretapping claims, you referred to the former attorney general Michael Mukasey. I just want to ask you to clarify, if you could, because his public comments were on Sunday, a day after the president tweeted about this, and even in his public comments, he said that he based his information, quote, on news reports.
3: Okay. But I, th- that I, I'm just saying that he is. Someone asked me whether it's on the record comment, and that is that is on the record. But
0: I was saying, was there an on? The, we were, be, you were being asked, was there an on the record comment in advance of the president's tweets to which he was basing his information? Did he have anything better than? Uh, I don't. I, I'm not.
3: As I said before, I'm not going to get into, to, to the elements of that. I'll just. I'm going to wait till the House and Senate. And so, uh, really, just yeah. on a, on,
0: a, on a past comment that the president had made about uh, the suggestion that there were, or the claim, in fact, that there were three to five million people who voted illegally in this country. He made mm-hmm. this claim uh, more than a month ago. I just want to get a sense now on the update on any investigation into that and where it stands, given the explosive nature of such a claim.
3: Um, I think we've touched on this, but he has asked Vice President Pence to lead a task force on this. Uh, we have um, I'll, I'll get more for you this. I know that there has been some discussion with some secretaries of state and others um, on some of this. I know um, you had that issue in Texas come um Last week and I'm trying to remember the exact nature of it, but there has been now further evidence that that people uh, have voted illegally and I think that one of the things that the task force is looking to do is to gather additional information but it's still in the uh, process of getting the the, the task members named does
0: the, ta- does the task force I guess exist yet or is sure yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, the, the vice president board? has been talking to folks uh, potentially to serve on mm-hmm. it um, and uh, and I know that several secretaries of state have expressed it hasn't been yet, but he's been talking that's true about it that's I'm correct.
0: Just yeah. John, two subjects here following up on the
3: wiretap question. Stepping away from what the President knew and what were the basis of his tweets, how appropriate is it for a President to make an explosive charge as fact and then send you folks out to step away and say this maybe happened and we should investigate it? Well, again, I think there's two things. One is the President's tweets speak for themselves. It's not we're, we're making hey, that no very clear. No, no, hold on. I, I, and, and, and I think the President has been very clear, as we've stated. That I think there's enough there that we want uh, the House and Senate Intelligence to use the resources they do um, to make sure that they look into this matter. I mean, that's that's there's there's some anyway. I do not want to get ahead of um, where they may go with this or, the, or what they may look at. But I'm just I'm going to leave it to them. If we start down the rabbit hole uh, of discussing some of this stuff, I think that we end up in a in a very difficult place. I look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Uh-huh. Can you bring your, if you can We're bring your cameras. we we'll bring.
1: You said yeah. there would be some clarification on a
0: number up, of questions
3: yeah. you all of us. Yeah. Are you going to do that
2: today
1: through get the pool? The pool? How
3: yeah, I mean, I think we can try to do that through the pool. Okay. There's no, we'll, we'll write everything that, we generally write down everything and, and try to either get back to the reporter. So I will have the team get, and then get it out by the pool. And will okay. we be
4: hearing from the President this week since we didn't today?
3: Uh, I'm sure at some point we'll either do something that we, you know, a Florida spray or something. Um, we, we, I think that we have a pretty good track record of mm-hmm. making the president available to we'll folks. I, I, what's an unusual? Not it's Monday.
2: You, but, but you see, everything is closed. Normally we have a photo no, 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 look,
3: look, look I, I just, I think that's, look, don't give me this normally we do. Uh, I made it very clear at the beginning of this April. Uh, that we would have some some things on camera some off last week the president traveled two days he had a joint session we briefed every single day about
2: us. It's about the American public seeing their president and, and we have wait so you, wait hold
3: president. on he, he seeing <laughs> their president the guy is, is is in meetings all day I'm trying to think, how many times did you complain about the
2: president signed and hold on hold
3: on okay. he signed an executive order please don't I mean this is a president when it comes to accessibility and uh, and, and allowing the press access I think I've heard from several of you. We have gone above and beyond allowing the press into events, into sprays. We've had greater access. Uh, so, with all due respect, I mean, that's not been the case. We have one day out of the last 41, um, or 40, whatever it's been, but I think this President has been um, extremely accessible, extremely transparent, as far as, the, as he signed an executive order this morning that uh, that we then put all three Cabinet uh, Secretaries that were relevant to implement this out. So, you know, I'll be out tomorrow. Uh, I think we have an opportunity. You know, look, I made it very clear from the beginning of this that we'd have a briefing every day. We've gaggled every day. We've been, inv- we've made ourselves available to you. So, with all due respect, that's not a very accurate uh, assessment of, of where we, how we've been acting. Thanks. I'll see you guys tomorrow. President I was almost going to give up. You? <laughs> that's
0: too easy, man. <laughs> Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: clock at four.
0: Doncic. The step back three. You
2: bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes,
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.